Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. If you're in person, it's amazing to see you in person. Just saying. If you're online, thank you for your patience with us as we are working on technology. And if you do any technical stuff, you know that we live in this world where it doesn't want to work with us sometimes. So before I even start, I'm going to do a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Because if your week has been anything like my week, or maybe your day has maybe been like my day, then we all need it. So before I open in prayer and before I even start, just take a deep breath in breathe out. All right. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us, Lord God. I pray that you will speak the words that you have for each individual tonight through me. And anything that's not that's not needed to be said just goes right out of my thought process, Lord God. And I just pray peace over each person. And I pray that we're able to have moments of revelation of your love tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, as you know, last week we, we kicked off, a, well, Pastor Chris kicked off a two-week series that we're going through called The Christmas List. And I don't know about you, but I have a list of stuff I want. I'm going to move this table over just a little bit because I feel like it's going to get my way. But I have a list. Does anyone else enjoy shopping? I mean, you can raise your hand. If you're virtual online and you're watching and you enjoy shopping, raise your hand in the chat. I want to know so I know who to call when I can't find something. How many of you guys have these really cool lists on Amazon? Like I have, I, I probably shouldn't tell you all of my lists, but I go through and I like shop and I have this wish list and then I have a book list and then I have a kid's Christmas list. Then I have a me Christmas list and I just keep these lists going. And the funny thing is, is my list never end. Like I don't just delete them because I can go back from three, like things I saved three years ago and they're still in my little list. I think it's kind of cool. That's totally nothing to do with our message, except for we all make lists. At Christmas time, at birthday time, whether it's mentally a list in our heads, whether it's virtually online, or whether we still write with a pencil and paper. And I see some of y'all still write because I see you taking notes. Go ahead. I love it. Anyways, last week, Pastor Chris kicked off this series, and he was talking about our Christmas list. He talked about how all the things that we add on our list and all the things that we are waiting to get. So we add all of these things, but in the time that we're adding them, we don't have them. That's why they're on the list. And so we're in this waiting time. And we know right now, if, you, if you've seen anything about um, leading up to Christmas and churches posting or people that you know that are followers of Christ posting, you've seen Advent. That's a time where prior to the birth of Christ, there's a waiting there's a longing, and that's what we're seeing being celebrated right now is this longing of, for fulfillment or for the Messiah to come to fulfill the promises that we were, we were given long ago. And so he shared how Jesus was the greatest gift that no one had on his list. Have you ever been there? Have you ever got something for Christmas or your birthday or just out of nowhere that you had no clue you needed? Like my kids, every Christmas. Every Christmas, I got this, too. I think it's just traditionally what you do. 
but they get underwear and socks. Like, they're not excited about that, but Lord knows we all know they need them, and our husbands too, if you're a wife. Your husband needs them. Just a reminder right now. But anyways, you all, we always get something that we don't realize that we need, and that's what Jesus was. He was the best gift that no one had on their list. And I love when he said that because that was, that was eye-opening for me for some of the things that I've received and I've, that have kind of gone forgotten or not even thought about. But when I think back over them and I think back over the gifts that I received, realizing like, man, I didn't realize the value that had until years later. And that's much like Christ is for us as well, for some of us. Um, we learned that the longing for identity is fulfilled when we know who we are identified with, which is Christ. And so Pastor Chris issued a challenge last week as, we, as he was wrapping up his message that we take a look at our list. And as I said, we all have them. But to take a look at them and ask, are, are there things on those lists that we identify with that comes back to some fulfillment that we want based on our identity? Is there something that we're wishing for, longing for, waiting for that is somehow connected to our identity? And so he ended the message or ended the service about with that challenge. But what he kind of forgot in the amazing message that he gave is to explain to you guys that the, the word list here, we were breaking it down into an acronym. So last week he hit on the longing, how he connected the longing of the people for the Savior, for the Messiah to come, for their King to come, much like we have longings still today. Yes, we've already had, the Messiah's already come. Yes, he's, he's our Savior, but we still have longings, and it's okay to have those. Also, he hit on identify. Identify what are the things on your list that are connected to your identity, so that's what he hit on week one. Week two, I'm going to be talking, obviously, and I'm going to be hitting the S and the T, which is salvation and transformation. And when we reflect on the Christmas story and why Jesus came and why he came to earth for us in human form, we can't help but to reflect on the list. And this will all come together at the end. In the moment, it doesn't make sense. In the moment when you get the gift, you sometimes don't understand why you got it. Why did I get underwear? Well, your kids understand later why they got them. And so I don't know if any of you guys have ever, in your, your walk with Christ, whether you're new in this walk with Christ or you've been following the Lord for years upon years, I have had these moments, and maybe you have too, where you've said or you've thought to yourself, man, I would really like to just go back to when I first met Christ. When I first had that very first encounter, I want to go back to those feelings, the way I felt in that moment, the love and the acceptance that I felt. And so our one request is take me back is where we find ourselves at moments in our life on the journey with Christ is we say, take us back. But I have this amazing thing that is eye-opening for all of us is we don't have to lose that moment that we encountered when we experienced Christ for the very first time. Yes, feelings come and go. We all know that. But it's the knowing in our hearts that never has to leave. It's the knowing of the love that never has to leave our hearts. It never has to leave the moments we have with Christ. We don't have to think, man, I wish I was back then. Man, I love the zeal I had then. Because we need to ask ourselves, why do I still not have it? 
We shouldn't ever lose that. We should be able to keep that. And it's all about our knowing. It's an internal knowing of how loved we are and how accepted we are. It's going back to the I and list of is something about our our identifying what in our identity doesn't line up with what he said about us. So going back to the beginning of Christ's life will help us understand the salvation Christ came to bring to us in the transformation he offers to each single person. And so in Luke 1, verse 26 through 35, this is a good length of scriptures, so bear with me. I want to sip water first. So you can bear with me and I can bear through all of them. But it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Yeah, I would be confused and a bit disturbed if an angel appeared to me as well. Just saying, even though I know God is amazing and God is good and can do all kinds of things, I would still be quite fearful. So he goes on, he says, do not be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. This, guys, is going back to the very beginning of Christ's life. Very beginning from conception when the angel spoke it into Mary's ear and told her what was being, what was going to be done. This is taking it back to the very beginning to be able to understand the salvation and transformation God has for us. So when we go back to the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. We often see the prophecy, he will be born of a virgin. We often see that he will save his people from their enemies. And these are all prophecies. You can go back and check these out in the, in the Old Testament from the, the prophets, and you will see all of these things. They, he will save us from our enemies. He, he will be known as a faithful priest who, do, who does God's will. You also may have heard he will be a faithful king riding on a donkey. We see in Scripture all of these things were fulfilled. They all came to pass. But for some reason, we also see how people still didn't quite get it. It still didn't add up in their minds. We see that God picked a woman, Mary, who was a virgin, but she wasn't the right type of woman. If you understand what I'm saying, we find this even today when we see people receiving blessings or people living a life that in our terms looks like a full life or a fulfilled life and we say man how did they get there or man they didn't deserve that or what did they do to get that that's what people would have said probably about mary because she wasn't the right type of woman mary who was also taken back herself because she asked the the angel why like what do you mean (coughs) sorry what do you mean How is this going to happen? And so when we 
think about that. Like she got taken back as well when the Lord, <clears throat> sorry, my throat is super dry. When the angel came to her, that's not what happens when you're supposed to be preaching. You're supposed to have like no dry throat, guys. Come on. So she was taken back. But when we go back and we look at Mary, and like I said, she wasn't the right type of woman. She wasn't rich. When you think, when you think about Mary, she was actually poor. And when we think about the mother of our king, our savior, you often don't think of someone that was poor being the mother of your king. Mary was young. And if you look at things in today's time, I don't know what fully what the society was like back then, but we look at society today and a lot of young people are looked down upon. When young people try and do something, what's the first thing you say? Oh, they're so ambitious. Oh, they're just young. They're just reckless. I've said it, and I'm not even that old. But I remember when those things were said about me and how that felt. So she was young. She was poor. She didn't come from a bunch of wealth. And she was also from that place. That place is Nazareth. And if you know anything about the Jews, they disdained Nazareth. They were superior. And these people over here were unworthy. She should have been counted out, and God counted on her to be the one who carried his son. That is amazing because everyone that was waiting for their king and the Savior, God used the most unlikely source, the, most, the person that would be most not, that you wouldn't even qualify for. He used her to be the mother of our Savior, so we have all of these longings within, of, within us that we have to identify. At some point in our lives, we have to be able to identify what are the longings in our life. Where do they come from? Why am I longing for this? How can I pinpoint what this thing is that I'm longing for? That longing is the spirit inside of us that is longing for us to connect with God. Because there's many things we can fill that longing with. We can go back to all of our list and we can try and fill our longing with whatever's on our list. <clears throat> Relationships, other people, clothing, homes, cars, you name it, whatever it is, you can try and fill that longing with those things. But the spirit inside of us is always drawing us to the heart of God to connect us to his heart so that we can understand his salvation. And so whenever you feel that longing within you, know, and it's, and it's a longing of, man, I just don't feel fulfilled, that's the Spirit of God saying, come closer to me. Come closer to understanding who I am for you. And so when I look back at verse 35 of Luke 1, <clears throat> it says, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be, bo will be born, will be holy, and he will be called Son Son of God. The meaning of overshadowing in that verse is to cover. And what's interesting and is great here is that this is something we all have to grasp because this is the heart of God towards each one of us, to every single human being, is to cover us. And if we go back into the Old Testament in Exodus 40, verse 34 and 35, it says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no, long, no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it 
and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You see, Moses wasn't able to enter the tabernacle when the, when the cloud covered. So when, when the Lord covered that, he wasn't able to enter it. But guys, Mary, <clears throat> when, God's physically, when God physically filled Mary, when he physically filled her with Christ, and this is a shifting thing for all of us. We've got to understand that. When he physically filled her, he was covering her. But that's the thing is that that's what we get to experience. We get to experience that from, from that very moment is that we don't no longer have to wait for the longing. We don't have to want to get a glimpse or a feeling of God like they did. In, in Exodus, when I read about this, that they couldn't enter the tabernacle because it was covered. We don't have to wait or long or yearn for a glimpse of God moving. We are Christ moving. We are Christ moving. Mary was covered. She literally had Christ in her. We get to walk in that covering. We are Christ moving. I loved that when, when the Lord dropped that in my heart. I was like, yes, that's exactly what we are. We're not waiting and longing for a glimpse of God. We're not waiting for God to do something as the body of Christ. We are Christ moving. We get to be that for someone else. We get to give the glimpse of God and glory to someone else. We get to do that as the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, All of you together are Christ's bodies, Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Looking back at Christ's conception story shows us our promise that Jesus came to save us from our ideas and our mis misperception of God. He came to save us from our burden of sin. And as we, as we continue, he shifts our perspectives to open our eyes to understand who he is and why he was even here in the first place. And this is all going to come back to, sal to our salvation, guys, is often we don't understand or even have eyes and we don't have ears to hear these things. Much like the Jewish people of his time, they had a preconceived idea. They had a preconceived idea as to what God was doing. And we can get in that same spot sometimes. If you're honest and you're real, we can all get to the spot where we're like, we know exactly what God's doing. That's what the Jewish people of Jesus' time, that's what they, where they were at when Jesus was uh, being born, when he was walking on this earth, is they had a preconceived idea of what is he here for? Why is Christ here? What is he born? They knew, but it was also preconceived because that's why you see in Scripture that there are a lot of times they didn't understand what he was doing. Even Jesus' family didn't fully understand. Have you ever been there where you feel like you're trying to, to reveal something or share something with your family? Like the closest people to you that you're like, you should get me. You should understand. And they're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. You're losing it. You're not wrapped tight, girl. <laughs> you know, those, that was what Jesus experienced is even his family didn't fully understand what he's, what his ways were. And at times, at times in our lives, we will find ourselves being a part of the family, being a part of the body, but we will miss the, the, the salvation revelation that he has for us. We can be a part of the body and still miss the salvation revelation. What does that mean um, about revelation, about our salvation? Isn't it simple? He came, he saved us, he died, we get to go to heaven? 
And if you were on, if you're on my Facebook, you know I asked that question. What does salvation mean to you when you hear that word? Because I really wanted to hear all the different ideas because we kind of want to sum it up sometimes into some simple answer. And it really isn't that simple. And it really is way better than I can ever imagine and way better than even you guys can even ever imagine. It's way bigger than that. It's way better. And it's sozo. In Matthew 1, 21, it says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. He will sozo his people from their sins. In Luke 19, 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save, to sozo those who were lost. Titus 2, 11, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, bringing sozo to all people. Jesus is our sozo is what Jesus came to reveal to us. That's what he came to give us, to show us, to get, freely give us. And he came, and that word sozo is to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger, to save from suffering, from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore health, to make whole. It's not as simple as we make it sometimes. This sozo kind of life that he has for us is way greater than some just simple, simple, um, what is the right way of saying it? Simple idea that we get to escape hell. It's way bigger than that. Oh, I'm going to escape hell and get to go to heaven and that's, I'm saved. That's my salvation. We miss out on the life that he has for us when that's what we relegate our salvation to because it's so much bigger than that. And Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God trans transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's renewing your minds. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we relegate the gospel of salvation to one small thing, we will find ourselves getting frustrated because if it's based on you being good to get out of going to this place in order to go to that place, at some point you're going to miss the mark because if it's all about you being good and all about the works that you're able to do, that will only lead to frustration because you'll get tired and you'll get worn out and you'll, get, you'll just be done and you will be exhausted and frustrated and wondering, what is this salvation all about? What is this? It's supposed to be amazing. It's because you relegate it to one thing. And it's so much more than that. The salvation that Jesus brought is so much, so much bigger. It's that sozo. Breaking that word down is, is so good. Mary's transformation in this story that we go back to in Luke. You don't have to bring scriptures up because I didn't do those. But when we go back into that, the, the story of Mary um, having that encounter with the angel, her transformation happened when she allowed her faith to line up with what God said about her. All right? God, what, when she chose to believe what God believed about her, that's when transformation happened and when she got it when she actually believed it. 
And so, guys, when our faith is able to line up with what God says about us and what God is showing us about ourselves, what God has for us, that's when we're able to see transformation. Yes, there are areas in law in our lives that we can see instant change. But I want to tell you, the transformation is a journey. It doesn't always happen instantaneously. It takes time. And when we believe the sozo, the sozo Christ came to reveal to us, we are able to see the world differently. And I love this because it's hard sometimes to see the world the way God sees it. It's, abs- it's actually very, very hard for a lot of us to see the, way, the world the way God sees it. But when we allow that sozo that Christ came to reveal to us to line up with in our minds and in our hearts, when we start understanding that, we'll see people differently. We'll see our brothers and sisters differently. We'll see our spouses differently. We'll see ourselves differently first because from what we view about ourselves will determine how we view our neighbors and how we view our spouses and how we view our friends and how we view our coworkers. So when we allow that to line up and we understand that, we'll start to see that transformation in in the world around us. And when we are able to see salvation daily, we'll be able to see salvation daily in our lives. And what, I, what do I mean by that? Because that can sound a little crazy, like, well, I don't lose my salvation. No, you don't. But you will see the sozo kind of life God has for you daily as you allow yourself to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because if you keep the same frame of mind that you always have had, nothing's going to change. We know that. But sometimes we just like to be comfortable. I mean, I know I have. I like to be comfortable and know what I know, and that's it. And be that way, but that's not the fullness that he came to give to us. And Christ in us leads us to transformation as we live our lives out. And that goes back to Mary had Christ literally in her. The shadow covered her. She was covered, and Christ was planted in her. And the symbolism there, and this, God showed me this about a week ago, and I was like, I was I was loving it. But the symbolism of Christ in Mary and Mary being drawn to the right spot to deliver Jesus reminds me of how we are all being drawn by Christ to the fullness of our identity in him. He is always drawing us. He is always using the spirit within us to draw us to who he's called us to be. And I'm not saying called us to be like great, amazing, you know, I don't know, mega church pastors or great, amazing speakers or great, amazing book authors or great, amazing. All of those things are good. And yes, you can be all of those things. But I'm saying he's drawing, he's leading us to the identity he's spoken into us, to the sozo kind of life that he has for us. It doesn't have to be determined by the outward things. It doesn't have to be determined by what you have on the outside, but it's the inward life. It's the, it's the peace that you feel inward. It's the acceptance that you have inside that he is drawing us to constantly. As we begin to digest the sozo way of life that Christ came to give us, we begin to see that transformation in ourselves. And that's where I believe he's leading all of us. All of us, once we've, we've, got, we've had that encounter with Sozo, we've had that salvation moment where we've encountered the love of God, is now it's time for transformation. And that looks different for each, <laughs> each person. It really does. Um, the 
the big thing you have to remember is your transformation will either lead you closer to the harder God or further away based on your understanding of what God's heart is. And that goes back to the renewing of our minds because there are things that we can't take into this transformation. In Ephesians 3.17, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Christ lives in our spirits, right? Lives in our spirits. And as we're on this journey, we see the transformation happen. The transformation will be happening in our, in our soul, in our mind, in our emotions, and in our will. Those are the things that we have control over, though. So there may be times where you're like, I'm just not seeing no movement. I'm not feeling the, the I want to go back to that moment and feel that experience with the Lord. It's because we're not giving him We're not putting our hands open and saying, I want you in all of these areas. I want you to be a part of every thought that I have. I want you to be a part of the will that you have for me. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. You know what? I'm going to give you control of my emotions because Lord knows there are emotions that need to be taken a hold of and taken control of. Those are the areas that happen on the journey. Those are the things we see transformation happen on the journey. Because he's in our spirit, but drawing us to that transformation always. We also are open. When we are open to this transformation is when we will see the light that's from within us, the light of Christ. And then we'll be able to show that to others. So sometimes in the moments of transformation or in salvation and people have that encounter with the Lord and then they're, they're coming to church. And sometimes I've heard from people, they've said, man, why has that person not changed? Why is that person not whatever, as if we have some standard that you have to meet in order to have experienced Christ? First off is if you've experienced Christ, you've experienced Christ. Your journey looks different, and the way that you embark on that journey will be based on where you were sitting. And what I mean by that, Pastor Chris shared this weeks and weeks ago, is the way we see life is based on where we were sitting. And so there's a lot of stuff in people's lives when they give their life to Christ that they have to walk through. And that journey may look different for them. That giving over of their will will look different because there's control that sometimes we like to hold on to things because we don't have, we may have control issues or we may have trust issues or we may have emotional issues. We have to allow people to take that journey at their own pace and be willing to be open to that transformation at their own pace. So the Christmas season is in our midst right now. We're already embarking on all the crazy shopping, all the crazy things that we're trying to get done, all the deadlines maybe you're trying to meet before the new year. But I would ask you in this moment, Tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're hearing this, whenever you're sitting down with your time with the Lord, to reflect. What do I mean by that? Reflect on the list. This, where we talked about the list. Oh, go back to the other slide real quick. Sorry. Maybe. <laughs> the word list. Reflect on list um, and what it means to you. Okay? Where do you find yourself at on the list? Are you in the longing season or in a waiting season where you are literally longing to see something come to pass or you're waiting to see something come to pass, if you find yourself there, I encourage you to not lose hope. 
Don't, don't lose heart in the waiting. God knows. God knows what it's like to wait. God has been waiting for us for all of time to understand his love. So when we think that we're alone in the longing and in the waiting, know that you're not alone, that he is there and he is willing to encourage you and to comfort you and to encourage you. Maybe you find yourself in the identifying, uh, the I on the list, the identifying in the list, where you find yourself searching for identity and you're trying to identify these things that bring you identity, that fill you, that bring you some source of fulfillment if you find yourself there, I challenge you to know that he is for you, that he loves you, that he adores you. You don't have to keep searching for something to fulfill you when Christ is the one who literally fills us. He literally gives us life, that sozo kind of life. If you find yourself in the salvation part of the list, and what do, I, what do I mean by that? Because that can be a little confusing. How can you be confused about salvation? But some of us were taught a teaching about salvation that's based on our works. Um, uh, a message on salvation that talks about how you can lose it. And so for some of us, it's a struggle to understand why does it sound so good in this moment, but in this moment, I'm not feeling it, and I'm not understanding it, and I don't know how to grasp it. And so... If you find yourself there in that moment, I, I challenge you to seek the heart of God. Seek the heart of God that is revealed in Christ. Not revealed in Old Testament prophecies, not revealed in stories of the, in the Old Testament, but seek the heart of Christ that, or the heart of God that is revealed in Christ. Because you will see what that sozo salvation looks like. Maybe you find yourself being in the transformation season. I keep finding myself there. Sometimes it's not necessarily easy to be seated in that season because you kind of want to just, you know, be like, all right, God, I know. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself there, which I hope we all do many times in our lives, don't ever turn away from the transformation season. You might want to put it on pause for a little bit. I've done that, but don't turn away from it. Allow it to pause for a moment, take a deep breath, and continue on that transformation season that you find yourself in. Because in that is where you're going to find the heart of God. In that is where you're going to find true freedom. In that is where you're going to see what it means to live a life of fullness, the sozo kind of life that he has for us. So I challenge you with those things this week as we're going into another week of December, getting closer to Christmas, getting closer to the craziness, to know that God, I'm going to read it from here because I think it's up here, and I don't want it not to be on the screen, is God has always been longing for us to identify our false identities, which lead us to realize our need for salvation to live a life of sozo, which takes us on a journey of transformation in our whole body. That is the Christmas list. That is God's list. That is what God has been longing for is our whole lives. He is always longing for us to understand our identity, to step into the salvation he has for us, to receive the transformation he wants us to, to receive. That's his heart from the very beginning. 
from the very beginning of time is for us to understand these things. So I am going to end this evening in prayer. But if you've found yours, if you're online or if you're in-house and you find yourself in one of these areas and, and it's maybe not one of the easiest areas to be in and you need prayer, let us know. We'd love to pray for you. If you're online and you need prayer, let us know. We'd love to pray for you because there are parts of this list that are kind of challenging to walk through. But we'd love to walk with you, and we'd love to encourage you through them. So I'm going to close in prayer and um, finish up our service. So, God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your heart for us. I thank you for the sozo kind of life that we get to live, this fullness of life that you have given us, Lord God. And I pray, I pray that you will continue to reveal that to each of us, that we won't relegate your love to one thing, Lord God. We won't, we won't just put it in this small little box, but we will open that box this year as it's Christmas time and we're all opening gifts. We'll open the box that you have given us so freely, Lord God, and we will start the transformation of understanding the sozo kind of life that you have for us. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.